are listening to the official podcast of Resurgence Initiatives, inspiring people to arise together. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com. Well, it is uh, a real honor to be at Heartland tonight, and um, I want to thank Pastor Danielle and David and the entire team for uh, making this possible. Um, There's something about really good sound and good sound system and a good venue, and uh, as I say that, there's feedback, but up until that point, we were good, and... um, so I just so appreciate that, and uh, thank you guys. Thank you, uh, YA Connect, for uh, having us and having us being a part of this. And uh, it's just it's just awesome. And there's even smoke. So uh, I'm not sure if it's the glory or if it's from the machine over there, but it's cool. Um, and uh, we we just uh, we came off a conference. Dean, good job. Uh, just talking about the announcements and Clay. So appreciate uh, the worship guys and, and the team, and just uh, love it. And um, we just came, as Dean mentioned, off a conference, our first conference. And one of the uh, yeah, one of the themes um, of that was there's a leader in every chair. And uh, I, I know Dean mentioned it, but I just as we head into um, the fall, we maybe this is your first time coming out. Um, again, my name is Travis, uh, and uh, I just want to welcome you. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Uh, we welcome you to be part of this movement. God put this vision uh, on a team of us uh, in 2008, and we've just been uh, following what God wants to do and, and chasing after him, and uh, we're here tonight. And um, we need your help. The dream of God involves others. And so um, we, in this season, we are kind of planning our volunteer cruise. We, we have a really cool way of doing it where you're not on every week. We are uh, we're really passionate about having food and having like things like pancakes so that there's, there's ways that we can connect with others. There's ways around food. Um, there's, we, we're passionate about having good media, sound, and prayer. And so I, I want to uh, give that invitation that if you're like, Hey, I need to get involved. I don't want to just be a consumer. There, I am a leader, and I am sitting in a chair, and, and I, I want to help. And so I, I don't know what that looks like for you, but would you prayerfully consider, maybe, maybe it's a volunteer. We, we need some coordinators that are a whole team of people that are going to help coordinate that, the hospitality that are going to help coordinate that. And, um, and so if that's you, if you're like, oh, I want to get involved and I don't know how, Here's some amazing opportunities. If you don't see something that you want to get involved in in our ministry, email us anyway. Just email us info and say, hey, I got a passion to edit video or shoot video or whatever it is um, because we need all the things that that probably are in your heart. We're we're praying and asking God for them. And so um, give that invitation. We... um, Another thing happening this October, if you follow us on Facebook and uh, social media, you're going to hear about an event we're doing for the last four years. Uh, We've done something called the Edmonton Burn, and it's been uh, 50 50 straight hours of worship. And um, this year, we we do that together with the House of Prayer Edmonton, and this year, we are changing it up. We both, as ministries, both felt God kind of shifting us in a different direction, and um, we're going to do a gathering called Resonate. 
And we really want to resonate the heart of heaven. We want to resonate through our city. We want, um, and what that is going to be, it's going to be 30 hours of nonstop worship. It's going to be a Friday night starting at 5 and going all day, or Friday night all through the night and ending Saturday at 11 at night. And then during that, in another room, and this is all going to be happening at McKernan, um, we're going to have another room, we're going to have teaching happening at the same time during different parts of it. And we just feel there's an opportunity to really teach and um, teach on subjects on prayer, on evangelism, on worship. And, and so there's an opportunity where worship will be happening on one thing and there'll be teaching happening at the same time. And it's just, we, we felt God really prompting us in this way. So we're calling it Resonate and uh, you'll hear more about that and uh, pretty excited for what he's doing. Um, tonight, I, um, I believe that uh, in the, this last season, um, we are in our ninth year of gathering as a ministry, and I, I believe this is a very significant season. Um, God's doing something right now in his city. He's doing something um, in my life, but in the lives of so many in this community. And I, I believe that the final night of the conference, how many were there in June uh, on the Saturday night? Yeah. What, what God did in that room uh, was very significant. It's been, a, I would say, an answer to eight years of prayers. Um, there were some incredible things where there was just the, the presence of God was there, where you felt God. It was, it was undeniable that God's presence was in that place. And I, um, I believe it's a taste of more to come. And tonight as I prayed with a word to share with you, uh, I, I didn't have just another sermon. But, but what I'm going to share is just not another thought. But I believe it's a real prophetic or a real accurate description of what God wants to do in each one of us tonight. And maybe it's your first time here tonight. Maybe you've been a resurgence since 2008. But there's a word for each one of us tonight. And I, and I feel like there's times that I've come and I've shared as like just, just a speaker, just coming. But there's times that were as the leader of this, I have to share. And it's like, it's a different weight to it. And I feel the weight as I prepared this word in the last couple months has been circulating. And, and, and I believe it's a real prophetic. And the thought I want to share tonight is the river's rising. The river's rising. The river's rising. See, um, on our journey with God, there are lots of things that we can be thankful for. Um, you know, each of us in this room, we have a history with God. Whether your history is really long, whether you, you know, um, grew up in a church, or whether you just got saved yesterday. Um, we all have a history. Some might be long, some might be short, but we have a history. And I, one person asked me, I actually, um, I grew up in the church and I ended up going and getting a five-year degree in computer engineering. And one person in our community came up to me about a few months ago and they go, why do you wear your engineering ring? You don't practice engineering, so why do you wear this ring? And um, I actually had to explain to them, I said, the reason I wear this ring is it's actually uh, the history that I have with God. That there's a history that for me to get the degree, I, uh, there was many nights of prayer, many nights of tears, many nights of crying out to God. There was many nights where I, there's no way that I would have got it without God. I knew that, and it's a reminder to me. And there's many days where I actually take this off and look at it and go, God, I remember I remember you got. Now I'm believing for other things, and I'm believing for things. And, and, um, and there's something, you know, um, I think if we went around this room, I think each one of us could give stories where God showed up, where God met us, where, where it was impossible, we needed a miracle, and God showed up. Th- those divine things. And, you know, Andy Stanley says, when your memories exceed your dreams, the end is near. And I think we have dreams in this place. 
That isn't the problem. And, but we, we have this history, and then we have dreams, but I think the tension is this space in between. The space in between the dream that God's put in your heart, the promise He's put in your heart, and the fulfillment of that. That's living in the space in between. And, um, I, you know, I have some incredible dreams, promises, things that, desires that God's put in my heart, and they haven't come to pass yet. And, um, and if I were to go around the room and ask, are there things that you're believing for, are there things I, I think every one of us would respond to that? When we, when we were at our conference a month ago, we were talking about, and breath came, and we were believing for dry bones, dry situations, uh, life for dry bones. And I know that if I went, and many of the people we prayed for, there, there's, there's uh, God, I need a relationship. God, I need a career. God, I, I need breakthrough in finances. God, I'm believing for this business idea, and I don't know how to get there. And we'd go on and on and on, where there's this, you, you have a word, you have a thought, but you don't know how to get there. And um, I believe that God's saying, you know, the question that I've had to deal with personally is, how do you deal with that frustration? How do you deal with that heartfelt desire for the breakthrough and yet not see it happen? And and as I've prayed into this in my own personal journey and us as a, a leadership team and I believe as a ministry, that God's saying to each one of us, the river's rising. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Ezekiel chapter 47, and we're going to look at um, uh, Ezekiel. And Ezekiel goes into this, it's, it's kind of a strange encounter he has. He doesn't even describe uh, later the meaning of it because I don't think he understood. Most scholars and theologians go, I don't think he understood what actually happened and what was going on. And so if you have your Bibles, Ezekiel 47, uh, verse 1, and I'm going to read. It's up on the screen if you don't. Um, The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple. And I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and led me through the water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the loins or waist. Some versions say loins. (laughs) Awkward. Um, (laughs) He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river. And I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. And he said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down to Arabah where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because the water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from En Gede to En El Game. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. 
But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will not, they will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. See, in this story, Ezekiel is taken um, to follow a man. A man, it's, it's an angel, really. And um, he has a measuring tape. And a thousand cubits is actually about 1,500 feet. So every 1,500 feet they're going. And um, he doesn't quite understand what's going, what's taking place. But what's happening is there's water. And water is coming out of the right side of this house. And um, this was the holy place where God's presence dwelt. This is where the ark of of the tabernacle was. So this is the throne of God. And water is pouring out. And the waters come from the altar and the altar was a place of sacrifice. It's actually, you know, um, it's, it's a metaphor for Christ's blood. That, that when Christ went on the cross years, thousands of years later, that his blood flowed. And, and there's something where it flows from the altar. And see, Ezekiel starts passing through all these gates and he's watching the river flow. And the river cannot be contained. Water is just going everywhere. And I don't know about you if you've ever experienced, but water... Um, cannot be contained at times. And when I was thinking of this, I was thinking of a story when I, I lived at home a few years ago, and um, I was going downstairs to our basement to play Xbox, and, um, and as, yeah, come on, and, um, and as I was going downstairs, I could hear water running. And what had happened is my mom, it was just before Thanksgiving, and my mom, we had a kitchen downstairs, and she went and she, there was a turkey she pulled out of the deep freeze. But the turkey was not dethawing at the right um, speed. So she put it in the sink, and then she turned on the hot water. And I think she realized that the, like, the sink, would, the, the drain was um, out, but it was actually in. So she turned on hot water, and then she got distracted with a phone call. So when I came down the stairs, I came down, I'm thinking about Xbox, and I hit the bottom step, and all of a sudden, it's wet. And I hear water, and I look over at the sink, and there's water pouring out of the sink. I'm like, so I go over, I'm already wet, turn it off, and... Um, we started drying, and it wasn't as bad as we first thought. And so then I, like, I jetted over to Home Depot because we never even had a shot back. And so I went and got a shot back, and you're like, Zzz. And it's amazing how much water gets in places you never even knew really existed. Um, in, the, in the back room the next day, like, we, we cleaned it and dried it and everything so there'd be no mold. But the next day, even, like, behind the wall, there was water starting to seep out. The next day. Like water cannot be contained. And here Ezekiel is seeing this water. It's just going everywhere. It's just pouring out. And um, this man measures every 1,500 feet. He's like, 1,500 feet. 1,500 feet. And the water at the first level is, 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 is getting deeper and it's ankle deep. But the river's rising and, and, and then it's knee deep waters. And then um, the waters come up to his, his loins. <laughs> See, this is when you feel water. (laughs) You know, you can kind of put your toe in. There's another level of commitment when it's at your loins. (laughs) And um, 
It's at his loins. See, it gets real. Half his body becomes in the water. This is where the water actually starts to control you. Where the water starts to take over. That, that you know, the, water, the river is beginning to control you. The river is rising. And then the water gets over his head and, and he cannot stand anymore. There's, his feet cannot touch the bottom. It's so high and you, you can't swim. And, and when you're in that kind of river, the river pulls you. You have no control. There's nothing you can do. You just have to follow the current of the river. And I, I remember when I was eight years old, uh, my brother and I, um, we went to Phoenix with my parents, and we were in Phoenix, and it was like crazy hot, like 120 Fahrenheit or something, you know, just stupid hot. And I remember what we did one day is we went to the water park. And uh, I was eight years old, went to the water park, loved it, went on these water slides, and I remember like, you know those water slides that they just kill your back? So you're like arching your back because they're just tearing your back to pieces because they just, every one of those like joints, it's like... And so, did enough of that, and then we went to the, they had this thing called the Lazy River. I loved that thing. Because I was, I was like small enough and little enough that I couldn't stand in that river. So I would like get down a couple steps, and that river started to pull me, and I would have to hold on. And we had like a tube, but I would kind of like, the fun of it was getting off it and letting the river kind of take you. And that river would like, it would be scary because it would go under this like um, mountain thing and it was dark. And, and I, remember, I remember I spent hours playing on that lazy river. And um, at the end of the day, I actually had blonde hair. <laughs> like my hair, there's a picture of it. I'm totally blonde. Like I, I don't know if it was a chlorine in the water or sun, but I'm like, I'm blonde because of that river. And um, But I th- thought of that and I, I think, you know, the angel of the Lord asks uh, Ezekiel, son of man, do you see this? Well, he's in it. It's touching his loins. He sees it. (laughs) Like, he's in the river. Do you see this? Yes, I see it. I can feel it. And, um, And remember here, it says son of man. See, Ezekiel is a son. And I believe God wants to remind each one of us that we're sons and daughters um, of a really good father. See, in the river comes our identity. In the river, God reveals our identity. In in Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist comes and Jesus comes onto the scene. And John the Baptist comes and he actually uh, baptizes Jesus in the river. And then as he comes out of the river, um, confessing his faith and, and, and that, then a voice from heaven says, this is my son whom I love and well please." See, there's a resting that happens in the river. Like that lazy river, you can just sit on that tube and the river takes you. You don't have to effort. You don't have to push. You don't, in a lake, you have to push. In a swamp, you have to try to escape the green stuff. Um, but in a river, you can just like lay back on the tube and let it go. And, um, and there's something that, you know, our true identity gets exposed. Everything gets washed away. Our sins get washed away. Our masks get washed away. The walls, the, the, the things that, that try to cover us up. Our shame gets washed away. Our doubts, our fears when we're in the river. See, there's the identity in the river. And then the man takes Ezekiel to the bank. 
And he says, look back and see all the trees that have grown and the fertile ground and and the fruit every single month. And he sees this. And then he sees that the river actually went into the dead salty sea and that miraculously was transformed and fish are growing, every kind of fish. And it's amazing. And see, the river is rising. And I believe this is a prophetic picture of hope for us tonight. Number one, there is a river. There is a river. There is a river. I believe God wants us to realize there is a river. There is actually a river. When it seems dry, when it seems hopeless, when it seems like I don't know how to get to those dreams, I'm in frustration mode, there is a river. See, uh, Psalm 46.4, there is a river whose streams may glad the city of God, the place where the Most High dwells. See, there is a river. Uh, every, you know, the, what's the city of God? Well, I proclaim Edmonton's a city of God. Every city that we know, but churches are the city of God. It's the place where God dwells. We, we proclaim that. But there is a river whose streams make glad. Well, what's the point of having a city if there's not a river that make it glad? What's the point of having a church if the river's not in that church? See, God is the river. His presence is the river. Um, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Um, the, see, the river of God is the perfections of God. It's the, upper, or the, uh, it's the fullness of Christ, and it's also the operations of the Spirit. That's the river. And um, John 7.38 says, He who believes in me, if you believe in him, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. See, there's a river flowing from the heart of God. It's a river of his presence. That when we ask Jesus into our heart, there's a river flowing. His presence, His Holy Spirit comes. There's a river that flows. See, Moses wanted the presence of God. He says, I'm not going on. I want something tangible. I want your presence. See, there's a tangibility. There's a manifest presence. You know, uh, Joel 3.18 says, And it shall come to pass in the day that the mountains shall drop down new wine and the hills shall flow with milk. And all the rivers of Judah shall flow with waters. And a fountain shall come forth out of the house of the Lord and shall water the valley of Shittim. Or Shittim, if you're French. But I don't know about you, but sometimes we go through stuff in life and I thank you that there's a river that waters the valley of Shittim or Shittim in my life. Amen? See, in Acts chapter 2, God's poured out His Spirit. A river flowed from the upper room. There is a river flowing tonight. See, there's an invitation to understand there is a river, that there's a river flowing, and, and that the, the water level is rising. Number two is a, is a river flows. See, there is a river, and number two is a river flows. There's a flow. See, it goes somewhere. It isn't a marsh. It isn't a swamp. It doesn't have the green goo on top. There's actual life. It, it's fresh every day. It's not yesterday's manna. It's not something from yesterday. But it, it's actually, see, God's anointing. His presence flows. It goes somewhere. See, the river causes the trees on the banks to not only grow, not just have fertile ground, not just all of that, but actually have fruit every single month without fail. The river breaks barrenness. It breaks where, where things seem impossible and destitute and desolate and, and, and no hope. The ri- river brings life. It flows. 
Do you know they say in Canada there's 2.25, I had to look this up three times, 2.25 million rivers in Canada. I'm like, there's no way. So I like Googled it. How many rivers in Canada? And some like weird sites are like Quarry or, you know, that Q-U-O-R-A where people ask questions or something? Um, and Quarry or something. And so, Query? Query. I don't know if it's Query, but it's weird. Anyways, all these people are like this one guy actually went on 250,000 rivers in Canada. He w- went on 250,000, and he was on 250,000 of them, like not seeing them on them. And, um, but there's 2.25 million, but, uh, but there's one river. There's one river flowing from coast to coast in our nation, and it's the river of God. There's one river. There's one river that's flowing. I believe that in this story it talks about healing leaves, that the healing, there'll be a healing in the leaves. I believe there's a word over Canada, that Canada will have healing in its leaves, that there's a river that flows, that Canada will be saved, that the river of God that connects us all, there's a river flowing from coast to coast, there's a river in this land. See, it's Canada's time. See, it's the river of God. The river flows. That river flowed to the sea. It flowed to where there was salty. There was no life. And when the river of God came into the salty, into what there was no life, life came possible. Every kind of fish was there. See, the Spirit has the ability to heal. There's healing power. There's healing power in the river. Um, sin, Sin is washed away in the river. Because the river flows. See, he's able to heal broken hearts, broken lives, broken homes, broken everything. There's healing. Many scholars um, trace this as a prophetic picture of Ezekiel looking actually at the, at the Acts 2 act. I mean, this is years before it happened, but he's actually looking at Acts 2 and where the Spirit comes out of the upper room and, and it comes down. And here he looks back at the history. He looks back at where the river flowed. He looks back and, and he sees what the river has come through the history of time. Do you know that um, the results of the gospel so many times throughout the history where we are today, is that people tried to stop the river of God. That, that um, there was ten emperors right after the first church, Roman emperors, that actually tried to stop the river of God. They tried to stop the church, that if you're a Christian, they would cut you in half or boil you to death. They, they tried everything they can to stop the river, and yet the river never stopped. There was, there was seasons in China, there were seasons in communist Russia, there were seasons where you could not have a Bible, you could not go to church, you would be locked in prison, you could not, you, there were seasons that you couldn't believe. Right now in Iran, you can't believe. In certain countries, you, you're not allowed to be a Christian, and yet the river of God is running. The river of God is flowing. The river of God is moving forward. It can't be stopped. I read of a story of a guy in Nazi Germany that was in a concentration camp and he, the, the word of God was being used as toilet paper by one of the soldiers. And as this guy went to the washroom, he saw it and it spoke to him. He cleaned it off. So every day he would go where that guy went to the washroom. He would clean off the brown stuff. This is crazy. And he would, and he would hear the word of God. See, the, the, river, the river of God cannot be stopped. 
The river of God flows. And, um, you know, even right now, terror tries to stop. ISIS tries to stop the flow. They try to persecute Christians. But what's happening is, is Jesus cannot be stopped. Jesus is showing up in dreams to people. And they're having encounters with Jesus that they can't deny. No one's told them anything. They've never heard a thing about Christianity. And Jesus shows up. I just met a guy the other day, and this is what happened to him. Jesus showed up, and he knew he had to become a Christian. See, this is the river cannot be stopped. Um, Ezekiel, as we've talked about as a ministry, our founding verse, chapter 37 of Ezekiel. You know, there's, there, he, Ezekiel's set in this valley, but it's in the valleys that the river flows. It's in the valleys. David talked about it. Isaiah talked about it. That in the valley is where actually the river flows. Dry bones come to life in deserts. Water flows in the valley. And um, dryness is returned to life. See, what happened here is the river went into the Dead Sea. It went, in, it went into culture. It went into areas that we think in our world today seem impossible. They seem like there's no hope. But I believe that God is getting ready to do the greatest harvest we've ever seen. I believe that it's time to get our fishing poles ready because there are people that are going to come to Jesus at an unprecedented rate in Edmonton, in Canada. In our, in our Starbucks, at the University of Alberta, at our workplaces, in our neighborhoods. See, we need a revel- restoration. We need, we need life to flow in every one of our churches. That's why we as a movement believe you should be part of a local church. Why? Because we want to affect the water level of all churches. We don't want just one water level to increase. We want, we want us to, as we live our lives, we go to every church and all of a sudden the water level starts increasing. The spirit starts moving in every church and cities all across. That's p- partly why we did the conference, to invite people from other cities so they would go back to their city and the water level would increase because the river's rising. See, the spirit of God has the power to do that. The spirit, um, resurgence, it's very name means rising again restoration as i prepared this i thought of that song i got a river of life flowing out of me it makes the lame to walk and the blind to see it opens prison doors and set the captives free i got a river of life and then it goes into does anyone know the next part spring up a well anyone want to do the actions any splish splash Spring up a well within my spirit, rise up and tell so all can hear it. Spring up a well so I experience that life abundantly. Um, this past uh, weekend, I had a privilege of speaking at Central Baptist. Central is uh, in, by Connors Road, uh, Connors Hill in Edmonton, and uh, at their three services. And as I got up to preach there that morning uh, on Sunday, um, God reminded me as I woke up at 6.30, he said... Um, do you remember what the pastor told you a few years ago? And I, and I was thinking about it, and, and when I know Jeremy well, and, and he told me a story that one of the pastors, Terry and his wife, they had a vision of Central Baptist of the water in the basement. And water was pouring into the basement, and what happened is water came out of the basement and flooded the city. And as I got up to prepare and to go speak and speak about faith on Sunday morning, God reminded me, he says, isn't it, isn't it funny? And I'm like, oh, it's a coincidence. He goes, no, it's not. He says that you run resurgence, which means a rising again. And you're going to speak in a church that's had a word about a water level rising. 
See, God's doing something right now. The water level is rising in our city. It's rising in this region. The harvest is coming. Get your fishing pole ready. It's time. And and, uh, number three is unbelief takes us out of the river. Unbelief takes us out of the river. See, what is unbelief? It's not believing in God. It's not trusting God. Um, Adam fell to this sin in the Garden of Eden. See, it's desire for control. It's actually staying ankle deep. It's not, it's not going any further because um, that's crazy. That's scary. See, faith offends the stationary. Um, there's a river that is flowing and it demands every part of us to be fully immersed. It demands us all. It demands all of us. And um, it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable. It feels cold in the loins. <laughs> it, it, it's not comfortable to not have our feet touch the bottom where I know what's going to happen, where I know, God, what you're going to do, when I can figure it out. In Mark 6, Jesus went out from there, and it says that he came into his hometown, and the disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many listeners were astonished. It said like the glory of God was there. They were astonished. They were amazed, some versions say. And then as this was happening, somebody you know, said, well, where did this man get these things? And what's the wisdom? How, how is he knowing all this stuff? And he's just blowing my mind, and he's speaking to my heart, and stuff's coming alive, and they're just hearing God. For, for years, there was no prophets. For years, it was just words on a page. And now this guy's coming, and he's teaching, and it's just like blowing their minds. They're like, this is unbelievable. This is all happening. And just as this is happening... Some guy pipes up from the back and he says, isn't this that carpenter's son, son of Mary and brother of James and and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And, and, And what happened is they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his household. And he could do no miracle there except what he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed him them. And he wondered at their unbelief. See, here Jesus is preaching. Here Jesus is opening eyes. Here there's revelation that they've never experienced. Here's all this stuff happening. Um, and somebody pipes up with unbelief. Somebody brings it back to reality. Somebody, somebody goes, well, isn't that just that guy down there? Like, That's just Jesus, little Jesus. What does he know? And because of that, no miracles because of the unbelief. Uh, Bill Johnson says there's something amazing about unbelief. It's able to fulfill its own expectations. Unbelief is safe because it takes no risk and almost always gets what it expects. And then after a person gets the answer for their unbelief, they can say, I told you so. Here's the thing, we we need to know God. We need to have an intimate friendship relationship with God. Not know about God, maybe you've been raised in the church and maybe you know all the stories, but, but do we know Him? Do we know Him? Do we have an undeniable relationship with the one that made us? Do we know Him? Do we know Him deep in our hearts? Not just about Him, but know Him. See, when we try to figure out what's happening 
with this river thing, with our mind, we can't figure it out because it flows in our hearts. See, Moses was a friend of God, and it says that Moses understood the ways of God. We're trying to figure out the ways of God intellectually, but the Bible says that it's actually a spirit thing. Second, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, Without the Spirit, things will look foolish and cannot be understood. Without the river flowing, without the Spirit of God, we can't understand His ways. And then we try to figure out His ways. We're like, what is that? That's weird. I don't know what's going on. Why is that person so excited? I don't understand. I'm not excited. Because we, we don't know the Spirit. We don't know Him like that person does. And the idea doesn't make sense if we don't know his ways. See, God wants to reveal his ways to us. Basically, his ways are, this is God and this is how I roll. You know, like, that's, that's what his ways are. Like, we, we know how God works and operates. And, and when there's a friendship with God, there's an intimacy, and we start to know the secrets and the things of God and how he operates and how he flows. See, unbelief can impact a room. Unbelief is not just in our own hearts, but it can actually impact others around us. Our doubts can actually impact. It can impact the services on Sunday at the church you attend. It can impact uh, YA Connect on Wednesday nights. It can impact resurgence. Because if there's unbelief, it, it, some, so many times we think, okay, it's the preacher's job, it's the worship band's job to really like, bring us into the presence of God. And we can, honestly, we can be consumers. Be like, hmm, I don't really know that song. I hope they do a song I know. It's funny, that's like you think older people would do that, but even as young adults, we do that. And we're consumers, and we're, and, and, and we, but there's something that can happen. It's not just Clay's job. It's not just the preacher's job to, to, to bring God in, but what would happen if we showed up expecting God to move? What would happen if we showed up, prayed up, and going, God, I'm excited for tonight. I'm believing for the person next to me. I'm believing for healing to happen. I'm believing for prophetic to be released. And every gift you have for me, God, I don't even understand it all, but I want it. You know, that, that first love, that passion for God, that we just go, ah. See, and then when, when the presence starts to come, that we don't try to judge it or shut it down, but we go, God, I want all that you have for me. I don't understand it in my mind, but I just teach me your ways, God. How do you move? How does a river move? How do we not distract people that are maybe receiving from God? Maybe it's worship, and so many times in worship, I want to say something to somebody sitting next to me, and I'm like, I could say that later. <laughs> I don't have to say it right now. They're worshiping God. Why would I pull them out of that so I can ask them where they want to go eat later? <laughs> but we do it so often. And it's like, what, how, do, how do we cultivate a culture where we actually don't let unbelief take over, where we, 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 we really don't want to uh, interact and in, affect what God wants to do? How do we create an atmosphere? And, and I believe this, you know, um, I, I've said this before, but I believe as a ministry, I, I love to see, I want to see it where there's the tangible presence of God, the river flows in a place that people drive off the road and come in and I don't know but I was driving by and there's something going on there and I need to come give my life to Jesus. 
See, the, the presence of God in such a place where there's tangible, where people are being healed out there. There's no preacher that has to preach, but the presence of God is in a place. What would it look like that we're hungry enough that we start to go in your church on a Sunday morning at Heartland where the presence of God is so evident, where the presence of God is so that, you, that people just start coming to Jesus. They just sense Him. Uh, Pastor Al doesn't have to say a thing. Nobody has to do anything. No, the song doesn't have to be any song, but the presence of God is in the place. See, there's a river flowing, and if, and if we start to work together, as we work together as a body, we can start to see a greater level of His presence. The river start to get deeper, and not just ankle deep, but so that every need gets met in the river. That, that it, salvation happens, healing happens, every need that we have in our hearts gets met because the river is flowing. What are the things that block the river? How do we get rid of that? How do we, how do we stop that from taking over? You know, we can quench the Spirit, the Bible says. We can resist the Spirit, the Bible says. Uh, God is a gentleman. He, he's not a judge. He, he, he comes and he, he, he only moves if we want Him to move. We have choice. He won't force you. He won't do something you don't want. But if you want more of Him, there's more of Him. And he wants to move. Let's, let's take our walls down. I, um, Jody, if you could come and, and uh, maybe just play the keys and then maybe the rest of the band will come later, but just for now, the keys. And um, I, am, I was thinking about a story. I have, I have never, I've never tubed on a river until one time. There's only one time that I've ever went tubing on a river. And it was on the Pemina River. And I went with the crew from here. Some of you know who you are. And it was a beautiful day. It was amazing. It was a couple of years ago, and we had snacks, and we had our tubes from Canadian Tire, and I made it rain on a really expensive tube, so I was set. It cost me $9.95. I, I, like, I spent a lot of money on that thing. So it was good. And we got there, and Yari was there. He was stealing all the snacks at the back. Our friend Daw was in front just leading the charge and I was kind of in the middle and somehow I had Dean's backpack. I don't know how I got Dean's backpack, but in my boat and we're just cruising down this river. But they said that the water level was low and they said that the water level was lower than normal and it normally takes, I think, two hours and so they might take a little longer. I'm like, oh, okay. So we're like about an hour and a half in. So we're almost near the end, I figure. And... Um, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm just, I'm confident in my 999 boat. We're hitting, we're hitting like rocks and twigs and everything and no problem. Even a beaver passes me. It's like, sweet. Going the other way. I'm like, hey, how's it going, dude? He's like, what's up? It was a beautiful day. And then what happened was I started to hear a sound. It was a sound of air. It was a, and it wasn't a snake. And, and all of a sudden, the sound got really loud really quick. And my Canadian tire boat went down fast. And I was holding Dean's backpack. I'm in this kind of like deeper part. I'm like trying to not get it wet. It got wet. And, sorry, Dean. And, um, I, I'm like, oh, okay, what am I going to do? My flip-flops are floating. I'm like holding this like 
my deflated boat. And so I'm like, well, I'll just walk. Like, I'll walk on this river. I'll just like, I'll just like, it's okay. Uh, there's there's probably half an hour left, 20 minutes. It's just, you know, uh, it's great. So the water was okay level. And I, I start to walk and I'm going, I'm going okay. And I'm pulling my like, because I don't want to litter. So I'm pulling this thing just, just deflated. And I begin to get defeated really soon because the rocks were sharp. And I'm like, this rock business on the bottom, these are sharp rocks. And this is not good for my feet. And so I tried the flip-flops. That's really hard underwater, you know, with flip-flops. So then I start to like lay on my back and kind of float. But it started getting, it started getting very shallow. And what happened was my swimsuit started to drag on the bottom of the river. And I now had a brown butt. And it was because of the river, I assure you. And so I stand up, my butt's brown, my boat is deflated, and this glorious day is not that glorious anymore. Everybody else is just chilling in their boats. And I'm just like, when will this end? Get me off the ride. You know, I'm like, send the rescue helicopter. I am done. Get me off this river. And there was another two hours of this to go. And luckily, Erica had this massive tube. She probably spent more money than me. She probably spent like $19 or $29. And she said, oh, you can, you can hop on the side of my boat. And I was just on that, laying on that just defeated get me off this thing. When will it end? I feel like the water was past my loins. I was just, I was done. And, um, but, but I realized that, that if the water would have been higher, I wouldn't have had a problem. That if the water would have been higher, and I think it's a lot higher this year, I would not have a problem and we'd be done in two hours. But it took four hours because the water was low and, and, um, and in the last season, I, um, as we finished our conference, um, uh, I've had a few people text me different words and things. And, and one word was from Amy, Amy Croy, who leads on our, on our prayer team, and she's on our prayer team. And she texted me this word, and I, I believe it's very significant to share tonight. I, I was praying, God, do we share this? And, and it's been, um, I believe it's significant for each one of us, but I believe it's significant in, in as we sometimes go to God and we go, God, do you care about the personal stuff? Do you care about the stuff we're going through that in between the dream and the reality of that dream? What, what's going on here? And I believe that God's saying the river is rising. And she sent me this, and, and I'll read it. She says, praying for resurgence in you this morning. Thanking God for the amazing conference and all that was accomplished. What a privilege to be part. I feel like there is some kind of bottleneck preventing all God has planned praying for light and freedom. I pray that you'll give us wisdom and insight to see what it is. God has so much more. I see you in a kayak and you're stuck in a log jam. You need help to clear the logs and once people help to clear the logs out of the way, more kayaks can go through. I see groups of kayaks tied together, four or five and on and on. I don't even know if that's a thing. So she shares this and and I, and I start to go, God, what, what, are you, what are you saying by this? Like, what is, and as I'm praying, I felt like God saying, 
Those bottlenecks are, are things, those, those sticks, those, like, it's like, a, like the dam in the river. That's like, whether it's career frustrations. And, and I, I get an opportunity to pray with many people at altars and, and, and just, just knowing whether it's relationship frustrations where people are saying, I'm praying for a spouse and I, don't, I haven't found that person. I haven't found that girlfriend, boyfriend. Whether it's career, whether it's financial, whether it's, I mean, just frustrations of God. What are you doing and what's happening and why isn't the dream coming? So as she said that, I'm like, the bottleneck is that. The bottlenecks, relationships, careers. And I feel like I even saw some people in like a whirlpool and they were like going forward and then they got stuck in the side and they were coming back and it was just this frustration. And I felt it in my own heart. There was frustrations of going, where, where, God, what's going on? There's some amazing stuff happening, but there's still these bottlenecks. We need to clear it. And I started to pray. I'm like, okay, let's get rid of the dam. Let's get, let's blow it up, TNT, you know? Like, how do we move this out? And so I shared it with another person on our prayer team, Laurier. I don't think he's here tonight, but I, I shared it with him. And uh, we had coffee, and I said, I got this word, and here's what I think. And he's like, ah, oh, I just... I don't have anything. I'll pray about it, but hmm, hmm. And so, so I left there, and then he texts me that night, and he goes, ah, it's just, I'm going to pray into this. I'm sorry I never had anything. And so he was kind of frustrated because he really wanted to hear what God was saying. And, and so he's like, God, what are you saying? And he goes the next day to his church, and they have a prayer room at the church. And he goes into the back room of this prayer room, and he goes, there's an elderly couple that he knows really well. And, and he says to them, he says, I, um, I'm involved in this ministry. I don't think he even said the name of the ministry. And he said, I feel like there's a lot of like roadblocks or there's challenges. And it's like relationships, it's careers, it's like just frustrations that he, he knows in, in praying for various people that he prays at the altar. And he goes, I just want to see like that broken through. And the lady um, and guy, they pray, and all of a sudden she goes, huh, God's showing me a river. And there's kayaks on the river. And I'm like, was Amy in the room? Like this, like, did Amy talk to her? Like, I mean, I'm the logical guy. So I'm like, okay, did they talk? Like, did you say the name or certain? No, 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 okay, none of that. And there's kayaks on a river, and these kayaks are not getting through because there's some kind of dam that's built there. And there's a beaver making the dam. And right away in my mind, I'm like, okay, let's get rid of the beaver, you know. <laughs> Pull out the gun. Let's shoot the beaver. I saw the beaver on the river. I should have killed it then. No. <laughs> and she says, it's funny, but, but the beaver's actually the Holy Spirit or being guided by the Holy Spirit. And, and the beaver's making a dam. And what's happening is the water level's rising. And the dam is causing the water level to rise, and these boats are all going up, and these boats are all going to go up, and they're actually going to go right over the dam. That the water's getting high enough that it's going to take all the boats right over. And the kayaks, I see them going right over. And God knows, and God's dealing with it. And so I share that tonight because I believe the message from that word is for each one of us. Don't worry about the dam. Don't worry about the frustration, the obstacle, the thing, the dream that's not happened yet. But seek first the kingdom. Let's see the water level rise. 
How do I have more presence of God in my life? How do I go deeper into the river? How, how do you go deeper into the river where, we're, where, where it overtakes us? Where we're not ankle deep, it's beyond that. See, it's in his presence, it's in the glory of God, it's in him that all the things that we desire, all the frustrations we have, all those things can be left. That, that it's in the river. The answer is to get deeper in the river and to trust his timing. Richard Rohr says this. He says, faith does not need to push the river because faith is able to trust that there is a river. The river's flowing and we're in it. See, God cares about our individual needs more than we realize. God cares about the desires in your heart because he's put them there. God puts desires. God puts desire for spouses. God puts desires for businesses. God puts desires for music. God puts desires for, for all the things that he's put there. God puts those things. And he works them in our hearts. And the answer isn't found in trying to seek that desire. The answer is found in seeking his face. Not the blessing, but the blesser. Not the gift, but the gift giver. To actually know him. See, if the manifest presence of God, if the river is high in each one of our lives and high in our churches, miracles will be happening all the time. Every need would be met. Healings would happen when you walk on the street. We don't have to worry because when the presence is high, all that stuff in Acts 2, that, that were the upper room, they left there and, and money wasn't an issue because people just gave what they had to everyone. Finances were not an issue. Sickness was not an issue because huh, silver and gold, I have none. Get up and walk. Boom. The power of God was at work. Miracles just happened because the river was there. It was pouring out. Luke 12, 29 to 32 says, Don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he'll give you everything you need. Don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God. And I think we not need worry about the sticks and the stones and the, the things on our rivers that are in our way because that's ground warfare. We don't need to preoccupy our time or what's on the bottom of the river. We just need the presence of God. We need the river to flow and we'll just go over all of that. We don't have to waste our time praying each, each stick away and each stone away. The, the, the river is just going to take us right over those things because the water level's rising. The river's rising. Trust the timing and the timing of the river. Psalm 27, 8 says, My heart says if you seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. Joshua went to look at Jericho one night. It was this massive, monumental city. It was a huge walls. It's impossible. And he goes and he's looking at this. And the angel of the Lord shows up and said, don't look at Jericho. Look at me. And it says that he fell face down. He said he fell face down and the glory shone all around. And Matt Redman was singing. No. But so many times we look at the Jerichos. We look at the big walls in front of us. 
And God says, look at my face. Seek my face. Seek my kingdom. Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. See, every answer is in the river. Every answer to everything that we wonder is in the river. Every answer we face is in the river. His hand will come if we seek Him, not the hand. If, if we have more of His presence, every blockage in our river will not be an issue. See, feelings don't impact the flow. Feelings don't impact the flow. I don't care if you feel what you feel, if you feel like you're in a river or you're not in a river or whatever you're going through, if you believe that the Holy Spirit is a power of God and you've asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that there's a river of life flowing out of you. And the only thing that can hinder that river is unbelief. So whether you feel like you're in the river or you don't feel, you feel like God's working or not working, there's a river of life. And and as we seek His kingdom, as we seek His face, as we worship Him, the river will start to flow no matter what we feel. He shall spring up a living water producing life in us. Isaiah 66 says there's peace like a river. And I, as I was praying in, in the prayer room, I, I, I saw this picture, you know, Ezekiel, he looks back and he sees his history. He sees all that he walked through. He just, he just walked through ankle deep, loin deep, you know, all these things. He's walked through it all. And he gets to the bank and then they say, well, look back. And he sees all these trees that have grown. But he never talked about them when he was in the river. He never said, oh, I see to the left a tree growing that wasn't there before. But he looks back and sees, and I feel like God wants to remind some in this room where you've been frustrated, you've been on the river, you're on that river, and he's saying, you don't realize the fertile ground that has been happening. There's been seeds planted as you've been faithful to me, that I've taken care of those dreams. I've actually planted seeds. Daniel said that before, when, when he said, God, where are you? He goes, well, actually, when you first prayed, I, I've been answering you already. See, and, and as we look back on the banks of our river, there's seeds that we didn't even realize that were planted. There's fertile ground. There's lives that were impacted. There, there's a work of God that's behind us that we didn't even realize. Why? Because we're focused on the river. And as we continue to focus on the river, we're going to actually impact culture. We're going to bring healing to the nations. We're going to start to see because we know our purpose and our mandate. And when you know your purpose and mandate, God will take care of all the other stuff. Canada will be saved. That culture will be impacted. Dead seas will be, become life with many fish. I just want us to close our eyes and bow our heads in this place. And right now, if you're in this place and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, um, I want to invite you to invite him into your life, that he would be the Lord of your life. No river can flow without the Spirit of God in you, and he wants to come in you and make a home in your heart. Be the Lord of your life. 
It's the greatest miracle that could ever happen. It's why this church is here. It's why uh, we're here. This, this is what it's all about, Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus tonight, I, I want to invite you to ask him into your heart tonight. And no one's looking around. And I just I want you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. If that's you, just, just lift your hand in this place. Yep. See that hand? Yep. Just keep it up. Just going to wait. us all just to pray this together. Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I invite you to be the Lord of my life, to come into my heart, to save me, to set me free. God, I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Forgive me. If you prayed that prayer, I, I want I want to meet you later. Our prayer team wants to meet you, and 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 they're going to be at the front. And um, we want to make sure that you're connected to a church. The second thing I, I know we went long tonight, and I apologize for that, but I. Um, there's a river that's flowing. And I, I don't know how this is going to how to end. I, I don't really know. But I, I know that um, there's a call to go deeper in the river. There's a call to go deeper in the river, to know our identity in the river, to wash all that other stuff away, to get so deep that our feet cannot touch, that there's no unbelief. Though we don't understand it to see the river brings purity and cleansing and you're dry and you need a river I don't know about you I'm dry I want more of the river I've focused at times in my life on sometimes the dams and the sticks and the things and (laughs) I just want to focus on the river I want more of God's presence I need his presence and so I, I want us to stand all across this place and um, let's just put our hands out in front of us like we did earlier and just just invite him right now. Just invite him. Start to talk to him. He's here. He's here. His presence is here. The river is flowing right now. God, I thank you that healing is here. The healing is here, that the river is rising tonight in our lives. Spirit of God, we invite you to move in any way you want to move tonight. To move in our minds, our hearts. give you full permission in this place from the left to the right to the front to the back all 
week as I prepared, I, I, I had this picture of being in like a shower room with tile floors and just hearing water pouring onto the ground. Like water was just pouring out. Like there was just a tap was open. And it just started to, just started to fill that place, but it was echoing like a chamber like that. The water just gushing. So God, we just ask for that. We ask that you would take us deeper. That every worry, that every fear, that every doubt, every sin, the sin of unbelief, the sin, God, that you would wash that away. Where we need to be in control, where we need to try to figure out, we try to gotta make it happen. God, where we've tried to push the river at times. We surrender. Holy Spirit. there's a river. God, I thank you that there's a river. I want to, uh, I want to invite us to respond tonight. Um, there's something about um, moving and um, and I just want us to, in our minds, think about where we're standing in the river. God, where, where am I in the river? And see, in the center of the river, the current is actually the fastest. When you're on the side, the current isn't as fast, but in the center of a straight river, the depth, the deepest point, the current is actually moving at a faster rate. And I believe we get frustrated because we don't want to give up control, so we stand on the shores, but yet nothing seems to be happening and God's saying, come deeper. But no, I don't want to give up control. But God's saying, come deeper because the river's flowing faster. And the stuff that has taken so long on the side doesn't take long in the middle and the depth of the river. And so I, I want to invite that if you are just dry, if you're going, I want to go deeper into the river tonight. Uh, I might be ankle deep. You might be um, waist deep. You might be wherever you're at, there is more that he wants to pour out on you tonight. And I just, we're, we're going to come, and as you come, just just lift your hands, come to this, find the space in this altar, and just start to just receive, say, God, I, I'm stepping in to the deeper end of the river. And maybe as you, as you leave your seat, start to think of the things that are like, I've been thinking about those sticks too long. I've been trying to bust through the dam. I've been frustrated, and I believe it's just to leave that. And as you step out of that, go, God, I, I've been seeking the hand and not the face. God, I seek your face tonight. I seek you. And so if that's you, just 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 respond. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of Resurgence. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com.